guys, and welcome to this bonus episode of the Penny Lane Podcast. I have my, ooh, I have my nephew Thomas here with me as we do this intro. This episode is for The Wolf of Weed Street and Hugh Henney, two of my favorite people on FinTwit. And I just wanted to get them in a room and let them talk to each other so I could be a fly on the wall. I am so appreciative of everything that they've done for me to help me on my trading journey and also their time and expertise with this episode. I hope you enjoy it. The stock market is hotter than ever right now and traders are taking advantage. But what does that mean for the people who still haven't started trading? The market can be a little intimidating at first, but you don't have to be alone in the learning experience. We at the Pennies Going In Raw podcast are here to help you. I'm Dan, and with my co-host, Hugh Henney, we make the stock market a fun but informative experience for our listeners. We offer knowledge for all levels of traders, from beginners to those who do it full-time. On PGIR, we discuss up-to-date news about the stock market and interview other traders who all started out just like us and made it big. You'll hear from Hugh and other multi-millionaire traders, founders and CEOs of companies, FinTwit superstars, and even professional athletes. Have you ever thought about investing your hard-earned cash but don't know where to start? Do you have money just sitting in your savings account collecting dust? We were all there once, too. Listen to Pennies Going In Raw on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. I am just thrilled to have you you guys both on here. And I think I was saying to Jason that I've sort of topped out on my like knowledge and or ability to ask smart questions. So my idea behind this podcast was to let you guys talk to each other and I could like actually be living as a fly on the wall and then just insert myself as needed. Uh, I mean, first off, thanks yes. for having us. I, you know, I mean, we're all great friends. So this is, I feel like we're just hanging out, honestly. Just chilling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing a Britney Spears t-shirt, so you know this is super casual. Now, is Britney free? She is free. What? Okay, she's freed. Cool. Well, isn't there like a thing where uh, like she doesn't have control over her assets? No, no. Yeah, it's called the conservatorship. Uh, It's gone. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was crazy. Like my, my my like I got brought up to speed by my wife. And she's like, this is so so crazy. They're spying on her text. She wasn't able to go out and have dinner. Like people were watching her sleep. It was like super creepy, you know. My friend, um, Erin Lee Carr, is an incredible documentary filmmaker. And she made the documentary that like freed Britney, which I'm real proud of her. But that was, it was a cool thing to like see. I still don't understand it. I watched the documentary. I'm like, yeah. Just, <laughs> you know, you shave, you, you shave your head, and then everybody thinks like, you know, look, you you make that, you know, this is a, okay. Good segue into a topic, you know, especially when you're young, and all of a sudden you go from, you know, uh, Win Dixie, right? to filet mignon and private jets, you know, when you were like trying to get a buddy pass to fly somewhere or you'd have to drive. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, a teenager making $50 million. Um, You know, look, it's a lot of pressure, right? And then that's why you see a lot of people that make a lot of money early 
um, you know, especially if it's quick money, uh, they give it back. Then they get, then they have issues with substance abuse because then they're always chasing that high, that dopamine hit, which all of us, I mean, that's why we trade, you know, it's like, uh, it's like somebody liking a post on Facebook or, or Instagram, right? It's like, oh, he liked me. I'm like, oh, I, totally. I just, I just, totally. you know, made some profit on a spy call, you know, like you, you hit that button. Like for me, my phone vibrates and I'm like, yeah. Like, but it's a, it's a lot of pressure and, you know, like it can spin out of control, especially if you're a trader and then you go on tilt and then you're trying to make back, um, and you're forgetting like, you know, like I've seen guys go from like five grand to a million to five grand and it's, it's tragic. So I have a, I have a DM from two weeks ago saying that they literally took a $2,000 account to 1.3 million last year and then proceeded to lose it all, not even the original investment. And, uh, and I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway is, is the tax part of it because, uh, yeah, yeah. See, that's like one thing when I first started this, that I really didn't realize that, you know, truly the date matters, which, which is wild. I mean, I, I Actually, today inside the mail, I got a I got a letter from the IRS that I owe six figures from 2020. So I'm like, what the? F-? I'm like, this is such bullshit, man. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I have like a good month, and then all of a sudden I'm paying back to Uncle Sam. Uh, I mean, it's just wild. So it's it's those bigger it's those accounts that go from nothing to you know, let's call it like seven figures, and then back down. I mean, even last year we I saw I saw someone. Uh, make seven hundred thousand, and then within the like first three months, lose it all, and they still obviously had that tax, and that's like the that's like the gut wrenching thing. Like the mo- like the money part sucks, but when you yeah. owe on top of that, oh yeah, trust me, I've been there. You know, <laughs> I talked to I talked to someone yesterday who not only made all the money and owes all the taxes but he took out two credit card loans to fund the accounts. He's, he lost that. I was just like, how does one like, that's like, I could, like, I'm not a strong enough person to dig out of that. I just, Oh no, I have, I have a uh, mental, I have a mental line that if uh, my account ever goes under there, that's it. I'm hanging her up. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out something else. But then again, I'll probably, if I ever got to that line, I'd probably be that same person. Like, you know, like uh, Jason was saying, you know, going on till, you know, to try and make it back. You know, like we all say that, all right, if I ever get below this, I'm done. But then, you know, if we ever did get to that line, it's probably like, okay, like, let me just yeah, try and make a little bit I mean, back it, it takes a lot of, uh, of, of, of discipline um, and it takes a blow up, right? So, you know, I started small in 2013, you know, um, I started with like a $1,500. It was Scott trade back then. And, you know, I would put like every paycheck, I'd put like 500 bucks in and, and, and I wasn't day trading, you know? So I was like, I didn't know what PDT rule was for like six months until somebody told me, like somebody asked and I was like, ah, I was like, let me Google this. But, you know, all of that money, um, because I was early in a lot of things, you know, finally I ended up, I was out, 
and you know, so this was like pot stocks in 2018. So I was 80% out of the market and, um, and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? And then I started trading like options and I thought I was so good at options, but I was trading the options the way I was trading pot stocks before that. Like, you know, just buying like 200 grand, watching it go up a dollar, selling it, you know, like making 10 grand, whatever. And the worst thing that happened was I was crushing it, like absolutely crushing it. And um, the first indicator was I left a $100,000 bid on spy calls because I was underwater and I was like, I'm going to put a giant bid in and be ready to sell it. And all of a sudden I started going green and then all of a sudden I made like 10 grand. I was like, I'm done for the day. I went and I put down mulch because my HOA, you'll see one day you'll have an HOA and they complain. And I put down mulch. I'm like all mulchy. I call my wife. I'm like, you know, I'm like, fuck the HOA. I did all this stuff. I, you know, hose myself off. I grabbed my phone and I was like, holy crap, the spy is getting crushed. I'm like, maybe I should buy some calls. I opened my account. I had calls. I ended up losing 90 grand. I was like, and for, you know, and I was like, Oh, that's a kind of a funny story. And then the next one was like a U.S. steel trade. I buy 5,000 call options because Trump's in China to speak with Xi Ping. And I buy them on a Friday, you know, on CNBC, they're like unusual option volume and the 25 X call. And I'm like, <laughs> it's me. And then, while like the weekend's happening and I'm just like, my whole thinking was Trump's going to say this was the best meeting. And I only, I had calls for Friday, the next Friday. So I, was, I had five days. Um, and the president of China says something that Trump didn't like, which is basically like, we're not going to get bullied. And Trump's like, fuck this. I'm going home. He goes home, trade war still on tariffs still on. Um, US Steel gap down a dollar seventy one. I wake up to no bid. So then after that I'm like, okay, I've got too much money in this account. I shouldn't be doing that. So then I was like, all right, I'm only gonna put like fifty grand and I'm gonna build the options account. And it was working for a while, and then I got, you know, banged in uh, uh Disney announced Disney Plus, and I was in a Netflix trade, and I ended up blowing that account up. And so what I was doing in between then was I was taking profit twice a week, the same amount. And that way, if I had like three bad weeks, it would bring me right to like PDT. So my, my objective was to always just kind of be just barely better than, um, you know, cover, cover what I'm taking out and maybe make a couple grand because I'm trading options and I'm learning. So. I, you know, my account was at like 75 and then I end up losing like, uh, I, I go down to like six grand and instead of putting the money back in the account, I trade with it. Now I don't know what PDT rule is still. And so I get into Apple calls the next day. Um, and they go up, I sell them at the top and then I go to, to reload them and they're like, you don't have enough money in your account. And I was like, what, what, call my broker. I was like, what do you mean? And I'm like yelling at him. He's like, you've got a cash account. I was like, what's a cash account? He's like, it's whatever is settled the day before. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I, I ended up for the next two weeks grinding back to PDT rule. And after that, like that blow up on Netflix, which I'll never forget, was 
pretty much the best education, but I realized like my rules and, you know, like the, you know, risk management, especially on something like options, um, it's ever evolving. Um, and if you don't have that type of plan and those types of guardrails, because, you know, as human beings, we all think everything's going to go to the moon. Um, we're not going to get stuck. That's not going to happen. You know, we have these conversations with ourselves like, oh, maybe it'll get bought out. Like, you know, we have all this hope um, and it's all kind of bullshit. Right. So you've got to just basically accept that the market is going to try and fuck you. And either your, you know, your rules, your guardrails are going to save you um, from those, uh, you know, baser, um, you know, uh, like things that you do. The word escapes me. Um, or you're going to get pummeled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's wild. Wait. So even, even inside when you grinded back, I mean, that's a four X return when you grinded from six, uh, that one. Oh, Oh, I mean, that's wild. So were you doing like, did you understand Greeks at the time or was it just like, I still don't, Hey, this is where it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I only know like two, two, what is it? Two of the six. Um, and that's, and that's that's the way that I trade. But but I, I'm just interested because uh, usually when I talk to especially options traders, like you know they have like a really systematic approach. So at the I know now you do, but at the time was it systematic or was it just like, hey, no, I'm, you know, I like this so here. one of the first things I started doing was adding more time, right? Because I was buying for yeah. price, and you know now I tell people you never sacrifice. Um, price, uh, time for price, right? So I was playing like week out expirations. I was holding too much overnight. You know, now, like if let's say I'm trading tech on a Monday, if it's Wednesday and uh, let's say I get out and I want to get back in, I'm trading the next week because if you wake up on Thursday, you're done. Like there's, there's no salvaging it, you know? And then it was like, don't play earnings. And if you're going to play earnings, you have to play a straddle. Uh, like people on in Facebook just learned, um, you know, but, but what I really found was the lower volatility, like the boring stuff is where like I can sleep at night. I can get an option that's really far out. Um, and I end up making more money because, you know, when you're, especially when you're trading tech, um, there's always the risk of getting headlined um, because of something, you know, but, you know, the, the main thing, and this was something I picked up during COVID. And if I could go back and give myself only one rule, it would be, you know, to take half of the, the profit and dump that, pro that money into a stock that, you know, is bulletproof and don't wait, just buy it. You know, look for distressed sectors, look for stuff with dividends. So like right now I'm looking at airlines, um, you know, tech will come around. But like during COVID, you know, I stopped trading tech um, by the time uh, Apple split and then Zoom tanked and then Tesla split. And I started focusing on infrastructure, weed and, and like a couple of other really boring things. Um, and those things ended up crushing. But I found that I stopped losing 
And now I'm dumping all of this profit into Exxon, Chevron, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Budweiser, CVS, like all of this stuff that nobody wants. And then that first vaccine news hits, right? And, you know, all of a sudden I'm like Gordon Gecko, like I just discovered, or like I just discovered fire, you know? And, and now, like the only things that I'm really holding right now is a little energy and the banks. And now everybody's like trying to buy the banks again. They're like, oh, the banks, the banks, like that's it. And I'm like, oh yeah, great. I'm going to sell into you. Um, and it's going to be great. Like I've got long-term capital gains on all this stuff. Um, and the, the nice. difference is, is that, you know, one, like if I want to add to the position, I can, and I've got tons of insurance. Two, I've got time on it. Um, but three, it didn't cost me anything. So when I replay that U.S. steel trade where I lost 250 grand on it, um, the month before I made 330 trading U.S. steel. And if I had just taken half of that money and bought a thousand shares of Apple at the time, the Apple would be worth 750. So wow. it's just like two years. And if you buy good companies that are bulletproof, that, you know, especially if they're in a distressed market like airlines, whatever. Um, if let's say you made 10 grand and you put five into them, eventually that five will turn into 10. And then you take 25% for yourself for taxes and then 25% to increase your buying power. You know, and it's just kind of a good it's a good so system. Right. Like I was telling. So should I be buying Facebook here? I, I just did. And you know what I bought Facebook with? The profit what? from those puts. I Nice. I, I just bought 249. Uh, my bid just I got, got filled. Two, I got 251. Uh, Ooh, you dog. I'm, I'm worried about the gap down tomorrow, though. It's I, free. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. My my mom was uh, my mom called me like right at market close, like because everybody inside my family knows that you know really from like seven a.m. to like four thirty, you're really not getting like I just won't yeah. answer. Like your leg could be cutting off, and I'm just, I'm not gonna answer. Uh, and so she calls me like right at four one. She's like like do we own Facebook? Like do do we own uh, Spotify? Like like uh, like it's all over the news. <laughs> Yeah, my wife's the same way. You know, it's yeah, yeah. And, uh, should we be buying here? You know, it's like uh, it's like uh, like everybody you know starts freaking out, and then uh, but then you know it's it's the same thing like a week ago. Um, like, hey, AMC looks really cheap here. So I I just love the market. You know, it's it's really cool. I, I and the volatility recently has been so nuts. Uh, I mean, I've been on the right side recently and the wrong side. Uh, I basically gave back like last week, um, last week of January, I gave back half of my week on Friday and all it was similar to your like steel story was that the bid and the ask was like a, th was like a 30% difference. And I just, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing, but uh, I meant to buy 30 contracts. I bought 300 and I bought them on the ask, which was 30%. So I instantly was down a insane amount. And I was like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like, I just watched my week just go out there. So uh, this week I had to, or, and one of my goals for February was to like size down 
um, you know, I took some money out of my account, size down and like, you know, pay, be more inside the, inside the quality trades instead of like trading like five, 10, 15 things. Yeah. And trade, trade, and you know, the, the crazy thing is cause you know, <clears throat> I was, I think I was telling you, I was like, just stop. I was like, just stop. I was like, buy, buy stock, go, go, go and buy stock. Um, you know, you've got an account size where you don't have to go for that short term hit, right? You're smart enough that, you know, like, okay, you know, like this move back was great and all, and we got a lot of good trades out of it, but you know, we're kind of in this distribution phase in the market with, we've got fed minutes coming up. We know that they're going to raise interest rates. Um, if we get a surprise with how much, whether it's like 25 uh, basis points or 50 or, you know, what if we get a surprise rate hike or some kind of, you know, calamity in, uh, you know, what if like Ukraine, Russia is like back on, you know, you, you can buy something for time where you're like, you don't have to start go, you know, fire off in one shot. But like those March 18th ones, right? Um, those March 18th, 457 puts. Now, if they went down, I was prepared to average down on them, but there was 44 days on it. A little expensive, um, but a $3 move, you know, into the end. And if it went up, I would have been okay because you can still salvage that, right? You know, yeah. like we, yeah. it, it's kind of like, you know, when you're trading options, especially um, like indexes, like the SPY or the Qs. Yeah, I don't really mess with the Russell. It's kind of slow. Um, but <laughs> if, you, if, if you trade for time, it, it's, it's so much easier. Um, and you know you're going to get that move, right? And it's, it's almost like a game of roulette. Right. The last four days in the market, it's just, you, you know, it's like they say always bet on black. Well, we've been bet, you know, like the, the market's been betting on on black and it's been red, red, red. I should say it's black because today was red. But you, you get the point. And, you know, like as a as a trader, like, OK, you know, this thing is eventually going to have a, a red day. So you're not even trying to like. You know, you don't even really have to look at the charts if you're playing for time. You could buy an in-the-money call with time on it, spend a bunch of money on it, and most likely you're going to go and test 450, 453 again. I mean, we tested it at the end of the day today after those earnings. But that's just, you know, and, and that type of move and the cascade, it was like Facebook, Roku dropped like 15 bucks. Uh, Netflix dropped 20 bucks. Um, Google dropped a hundred bucks. All of these things. It was like dominoes. And that just shows you like, you know, the part of the market that we're in right now is everyone wants to believe like, oh, we're going back up to 470. Right. And the institutional money and the guys that are, you know, programming the algos, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're bleeding out their positions to retail. And you can tell by the way you're watching the spy jump in that volatility and the breath in the day, you know, in, in June, July, 
we averaged $3 breath on the spy. In the first two weeks of January, it was like $15. Like, that's nuts. So, yeah, you know, or you just wait. I, I was even, yeah, yeah, I, I was just looking at the end of the day at, on the daily chart on spy. I mean, off the lows, we really bounced hard. Uh, I mean, really hard. And, and that was kind of like shocking to me because, you know, we, it felt like there was so much chop. But when you look at the daily chart, it's like, I mean, it's wild. I mean, we, we, we've literally just catapulted off. I mean, we've probably made up, what, like half of the ground that we've, uh, that, that, uh, that, you know, that we had uh, gotten smoked on. And, uh, and to your point, I think, like, it's really interesting how much volatility. And even after hours uh, today, you know, February 2nd, Facebook's. Facebook's down 25%. Spy's down three bucks. Like, I can't believe how well the indexes are holding up, despite, I mean, I, we already know that growth got smoked. Tech just absolutely smoked today, and the indexes are still holding up, which I think is really interesting. Well, are they holding up? That's the, you know, as, all right, think, look at it this way. Mm -hmm. On the NASDAQ, you have 1,600 companies that are down 50%. Yep. So what's holding it up? Um, what if Google didn't say they were gonna do a forward split yesterday? Like take Google out of the oh, equation. I mean, we would be, yeah. Like I, I think if Google doesn't announce that and they, they, you know, I'd say half of the that move was on the forward split, right? Then you're, then oh, you're easily. right back. Then, probably then we're higher. testing 448 yep. again, you know? And you yep. know, this was, uh, I think it was last week, um, we got like some, we were, it was, we closed at 4.33 and then the next morning we, we, we were going up and then all of a sudden some like COVID news hit, right? And we dropped down to like 4.29 and it was, su it was such nonsense, right? All of the, like the headline risk was out of the way, you know? And I'm like, we're, we're closing it at, at 436. I'm like, it's going to bounce. And I'm like, at 345, this thing's going to rip. It was like a clock, you know, it ends up going to, to 440. And then we, we bounce around because, you know, you have to ask yourself is like, is Wall Street, are they ready to, to call it in yet? They're not ready to call it. You know, they've got, they know they've got till March. And they know they've got some chop, so they can shake people out. They could do a lot of things, but the easy money, the long and short of it is, is gone in the market for the next couple of months. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, the, uh, speaking about the day that you, that you were talking about 440, I think you tweeted uh, today or tomorrow the market will close over 436. Was that last Thursday uh, that was, or, or that last was Friday? When we hit 430. It was eight. 430 because I, I saw your tweet and I liked it and I was like, this would be nuts because at the time, I mean, I'm sitting there like, I, I mean, I'm sitting there with like my hands up. I'm like, holy shit. Like, I'm like, this is wild. And then that day we hit like 438 or yeah, 440, 440 and I was like, and, and you yeah, had an algo rip at 345. Yeah. So like today, everybody's asking me though, like, okay, what YOLO, what YOLO should I buy? And I was like, okay, easy. Yeah. I was like. 455 put and a 460 call. The, yeah. the 455 put 
went from seven cents to two dollars. Like, like I should just play yeah. YOLOs because, yeah. I, like, <laughs> you know, like last week, you know, I, I traded a lot. I was scalping the spy a lot. It was so easy. Um, yeah. But like when I'm scalping, like I'm very deliberate. I'm like not trying to be greedy, but I'm doing. I'm, I'm like pizza by the slice. I'm like I'm doing volume, um, and then like these yolos I do <clears throat> end up being bigger than any one of those trades, and they cost me almost nothing. Yeah, like little risk because you're just you're just like, hey, if this rip's sick, if not, yeah. and then it's uh, a crash off. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, but you have better edge. Uh, I mean, you have edge. Yeah, I have edge because um, I'm I'm using profit from other trades, so it's not really. It's just I'm I'm you know I'm nibbling into my profit, but I also um, have watched the market enough to to guess when we're gonna get like this crazy algo rip. You know, so yeah. with that day um, <clears throat> where I, you know, I, it, it was like eight in the morning and I was like, we're going to close above 436 and watch at 345. We're going to get a huge rip. Um, it was like Apple or Apple was uh, I, I forget if Apple had their earnings or, you know, or whatever, or they were the day before. But I felt like there was still going to be a lot of buyers going into that that were still programmed into the system because we'd made this big move off of uh, 420. Um, and I'd seen it before. I'd seen things like this before. It's really tough to pin down. It's kind of like muscle memory. Um and, you know, because during coronavirus, you can trade, you could trade the spy on time. I still remember it was like one o'clock pop, 220 pop, 315 pop, and then 345 pop, you know? So, you know, sometimes you recognize it, like, especially if it's like um, a big down day and then, you know, where, where you've got a lot of breath in the market, you usually see these huge moves, you know, where like the algorithms are like, shit, it's not so much the algorithms. It's like the citadels and like where they still have order flow that they need to fill by the end of the day. And then that's when you start seeing it, you know, starts lighting it's up like crazy, a Christmas tree. Man. It's crazy. Yeah. Irrational exuberance. When it comes to killer wine at drastically low prices, 30 to 70% off retail and free shipping. We live for that here at Last Bottle Wines. Whether you went long or short on GameStop, you'll need a glass of something terrifically tasty. And we've got the goods. Last Bottle is a daily wine site based in Napa, California. One wine every day at Black Swan event prices. Usually 30 to 70% off. Until poof, it's gone. Whether you're a pound-the-table type, think ultra-crisp, quaffable Sauvignon Blanc, or a dividend aristocrat, Burgundy, or Napa Cab, there simply is no better place to buy wine on the web. And they always have free shipping. Last Bottle has a deal just for Penny Lane listeners. Use promo code PENNY, that's P-E-N-N-Y, to save 10% off your next order with Last Bottle. The code is good for one order and one order only, and it expires March 11th, 2022. So head over to lastbottlewines.com today. That's lastbottlewines.com. Sure, you guys have seen on Twitter that starting in January, I just am only trading options now. 
And I was super scared to do it because I don't fully understand them. And I was like, this is going to be a way to lose a significant amount of money. Like, because I'm trading against people who just know so much more than me. However, they're, you know, it's such a big deal when I was trading penny stocks of like, you just get a new load of shit every day. And like, you just trade what's in front of you, what has volume, whatever. And I always found myself on shaky ground with that because unless it was like, I mean, I guess they would run in cycles or whatever, but I'd be like, I just don't, I don't know. And then, so I'm just a month, like exclusively trading the options, but it is like, I feel so much more confident in myself of like what you were saying with spy, like at two o'clock, you know, it'll make a move or, you know, lucid, I trade every single day. And I know now like exactly what that does, which just makes me so much more yeah. comfortable. Like I know that um, I know that there's a ton of risk and all the things, but like there's so much that I need to feel comfortable with in pennies. It was just like, I don't know what this company does. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So you're, it was felt like really gambling where this feels slightly more like educated. Well, you, you, you also <laughs> know exactly what you can lose. Right. You know, which is why I like right, options. Right, right. Um, like I always think, I, I say it's it's better to to you know like like I'm a I'm a grower, not a shower. You know, when it comes to options, like I'd rather take like five grand um, and test it and try and make ten um, than you know put in fifty. And then, oh, maybe I get lucky because then I'll think, oh, I can just do this every day. Um, and then that's when you start getting in, into trouble. But especially when I start on like a new option, <clears throat> I build the insurance up. So like, you know, my stop's tight. Um, and, you know, once I exit, if I get back in, I always get back in with half the, the position size that I had for just in case, you know, and then if I can... Uh, make profit on that, then, you know, like the goal is always to use the profit for the next option, you know, which takes off a lot of risk. And then, and you know, and then one of the guardrails, of course, is you take some of that money and you buy some stock and companies, you know, are going to be around 10 years, um, especially for new people, you know, like you, you've got to trade one things, you know, because look, we're, we're all, you know, we all lean to the call side, right? Because that's just human nature. We, we all want things to go up. We want the, you know, we want, we look at that as a win. We look at puts, you know, like buying puts is like playing craps and some asshole puts money on the do not pass line. You know, like I, that was my dad. That was my dad's always, that was his move. Like we go to Vegas, he's betting the don't people. Yeah, I'd be like, I hate this guy. Get, I'm going well, to another table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so, so you know, like, but you have to understand if one eighty percent of people that trade options just get destroyed, right? Like, get absolutely destroyed. Um, but you can make a lot of money, and it's all, in a sense, kind of lucky money, right? Nobody, you know, uh, five years ago, when that, like, when people bought options, they would buy like three or four, you know, because their whole plan was to exercise, to use that, that option, what it was designed for, 
to exercise at that price, but basically hold on to their money. You know, and you can have like a really good strategy. Now, um, you know, you've got people like like new traders playing Tesla. Like, fuck, you get destroyed. You get destroyed. You really have to know what you're doing. Um, you know, and then it's like, all right, you have rules when you play Tesla. Are you holding overnight? Because what if Elon tweets something? Like, should I sell? What if he does a poll? I'm so so impressed with both of your ability to hold like that I'm working on that right now um so I'm like you know I worked on my risk management I worked on my entries and now I'm working on letting the trades develop or run or what have you and I'm not very good at it I'm like oh great this is great this is great um but holding something after I'm like fairly happy with the profit is not my strength and I'm very impressed by both of you guys being able to stay in a trade, like as long as it's good or going that that's so, a hard thing to learn. So what, one thing, uh, two, two points. First point to Jason's point, I take profit on, on all of my trades, like commons, options. I take a I'll t- probably take a third of size on like first big green candle. I'll take a third off. Like that is, that has been institutional inside how I'm able to hold it. So, and even like a, like my swing portfolio, if, if the market is up 3% and the growth is up, let's call it 6%, or even if tech is up 6% or anything is up and there's no fundamental reason for it to be up, I cut almost half of the position that day. It, it, it can be up 5%, 6%. I'm cutting half of it. And then, um, and then, I'll, then as Jason was saying, I have no issue adding it back lower and I'm building those profits. So even <clears throat> some of the swings I'm holding right now, I could be down on the actual position. But when I look at the P&L since year to date, I'm green. And then, uh, and then to the second point, when I looked at my data points on my trades and it, it was overwhelming, and, and we probably find this with all new traders, it was overwhelming the amount of trades that I cut the second that I got green. But the ones that I that I was red on, I mean, I would hold till it, it was impossible to be green again, or it was even sure. impossible to like make back 30% of what I lost. And so that made me realize like, what the hell? Like I'm literally doing the opposite of what I should be doing. Yeah. Yep. You know, you, yep. you brought up something. Um, so, you know, like one of the things I, 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 I teach to, uh, to my members or when I do like a consultation with somebody that wants to learn options is after you've taken that first profit, right. On an option, whether it's 10 cents, 20 cents, whatever. Okay. You are like, you should be 90% like green. Like your, your win rate should go through the roof because you've taken the anxiety of I need to make profit off the table. And now you're in the driver's seat. And now you're looking at that profit as like a newborn baby. And your whole goal is to just kind of protect it. So you raise your stop. You don't get greedy after that. What ends up happening where traders go wrong, especially with options, is they get a big move and let's say the option pops 50 uh, cents, all right? So you got 10 contracts, goes 50 and you're like, oh shit, I'm up 50. 
500 bucks, but let me stretch it. And then all of a sudden it starts going down. And you're like, I, and then they're like, should I take profit? It's at 350. They're like, no. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, even, flat. And then they're like, well, it should, I'm going to double my position. They double their position and then it's like, you know, that's what ends up happening, <laughs> right? If you see a $100 bill on the ground, just pick it up. It's a, it's a, it's a long day. It's a long lifetime of trading and that capital preservation, um, you know, especially for the younger people is the most important thing because you don't want to be in a situation where you have another type of uh, COVID um, like pandemic move in the market and you don't have cash or you have to sell the things that you own that you know are good companies in order to, to buy options or, or buy more. You don't want to be tapped out, you know, like. So like Kathy Woods right now, like selling her green positions to buy. Right. Uh, her deep. Yeah. By Robin yeah. Hood. Yeah. Which is, is shit. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Jason, let me ask you a question. I've been, let's say I have 10 contracts of something. Once it's green, like on the first green candle or pop or whatever, I will usually sell half and then put a stop at the entry. No. No? No. And then it just stops me out, so I lose the other no, half. No, just take that. the profit. You, you like, look, just if, if you've got up. 10 contracts of something, you've got no allegiance to it. You almost should tre uh, treat it like a scalp. Right. Where depending on what you're trading. Right. So, um, you know, if you're talking about lucid, OK, like I've never watched lucid. Um, I've looked at the cars, but I've never watched the actual stock. I don't know how lucid moves in conjunction with the spy, you know. So like when I trade options, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the stock, but really I'm looking at the SPY most of the time because the SPY is going to move the market. And if it doesn't, then I know like, all right, I'm in the right thing. There's relative strength here. Um, you know, like I was in an option today. Um, it was a $22 call. And I, you know, I didn't get too many contracts. I was, because I was kind of busy with the SPY, but I got uh, like 30 contracts of this thing and it cost me uh, $225, so $225 per contract. Um, you know, all in, I was like almost seven grand. Okay, nothing crazy. Things started going up. You know, my first take profit was 240. My second take profit was 252. And then I was like looking at the SPY and I was like, I kind of want to buy puts. And if I'm thinking about buying puts, um, I think it rolls over. And so I sell. So I end up getting out like the rest 250. Not, not a, not a crazy trade. Right. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I made, I made a few, I made a few shekels. Uh, I didn't lose money. And then the spy dumped and then this thing went right back to where I, I bought it. Um, and you have to look at it like this, you know, always anticipate that 
unless there's some kind of like crazy catalyst, um, you know, you take the profit while it's there because it's probably going to give you another shot at an entry. And when you look at it like that, when you take, you know, let's say you take six contracts and then you sell two, you know, two more and then two more, break it up that way. Um, you own that, that option at that point, right? You are complete control. You dictate to the option when you're getting back in. And when you start doing that, you know, like you're basically, like, well, I mean, not you, but me, like you're swinging around your trader <laughs> dick, like slapping it, like you're slapping the option in the head and like, no, 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 I'm going to wait. Right. And that's what you need to do. Like you want to dictate terms because you make your money on your entry. You don't make your money on your exit. And that's something I think that, you know, new traders, uh, like they don't understand it. Right. I mean, look, all of the money that came into the market since COVID was the dumbest money in the world. Like they would do things. Sure. I remember some kid, he's like, I bought 250. It was like, it was like 255, uh, spy calls. We were at like 225 and they were weeklies. And I was like, dude, that is the fucking dumbest thing I've ever, I'm like, just sell that shit. Dude, the thing went to 255. <laughs> the thing went to two, it went to like 260. And I was like, what? And I had to look for this tweet where I called this person dumb. And I was like, congratulations, <laughs> I'm an idiot. You know? <laughs> like you hit like the 13 Sigma, like congratulations. Oh, well, think about, think about all the Tesla traders. Okay, think about this. So, it, it, which this is wild for me. I'm going on year eight. Obviously, I wasn't profitable for more than 50% of them. But my point is that I had buddies who would shoot me texts. Now, mind you, I was short GameStop. Like I was the dumbass that lost money on GameStop uh, at like 100. And, uh, and so I had lost money and I had buddies texting me. I kid you not, I'll never forget this text. Dude, no wonder you're not working your real job. This shit is so easy. I was like, I couldn't believe it. And he sent me like a picture of his portfolio and he turned like 600 bucks into 34 grand buying like Tesla, super out, same thing, super out of the money. Like, like this is when Tesla was skipping a hundred, 150 bucks. And I was like, that's not how it is. Like I, like I, I'm telling you, this is not how it is. Like, and he's like, well, like you gotta be killing it. And I'm like, no. Cause like, I, I don't like, this isn't, this isn't me. Like I don't, this I'm so hands off. Like, in fact, I'm like, this shit doesn't make sense. I'm sure. Of course I got my, you know, ass handed to me. But uh, it's it's wild. It, last year was so wild. I can't wait for all the stats for uh, uh, for all the uh, stats for all like the movies and shit. Like I can't wait. It, it, it was it was nuts. And you know, like I was short the market in January of twenty because one of yeah. my friends who's super bare. He's like, it was like January seventh, and he's like, "Have you heard of this coronavirus?" I was like, "No, what is this thing?" He's like, he starts sending me yeah. videos of people passing out in like China. And I was like, dude, is this, this is like a horror movie? Like, is this fake? And he's like, no. And he pulls up this thing. And I was like, where's the Apple factory? And like, we're at all time highs. And um, I was like, as soon as that, and we're, we're tracking where Foxconn is, where they build all like the MacBooks and like that slave factory. And we're tracking the, yeah. you know, like the heat map of like coronavirus getting to this 
this thing. And I'm like, as soon as they go to a shorter work week, it's on. And got short, was, you know, short uh, the spy um, into February. And then it, then it started, right? And February was like crushing. My friend like, and he was already a bear, crushed it. Crushed into March. April, on the other hand, and this is the time when this guy, like, you know, when people were buying all these crazy YOLOs, <clears throat> I was still like trading like a, a human being. And, and, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, this is so crazy. I'm like, why is this going up? Because I've never been in a situation where the Fed buys $2.3 trillion in junk bonds. And I'm fighting it and I am getting yeah. destroyed. I'm like, this, and my, my friend ended up giving back like a million, well, $1.2 million because he was, was that like a large percentage? That was like the percentage, all, all of it. it. Oh my and God. I'm like, dude, I'm like, stop fighting the fed. And he's like, dude, like PDT yeah. rule, like, <laughs> like, like that bad. You know, and you so I wish, I wish I knew this stat. I saw this stat like two weeks ago that in 16 months we put more money into the market than we have in since the existence of time. Like you take the existence of time, and we've put more money into the market inside the past 16 months. We've doubled it. We've more than doubled it. Like that is insane to think. I where do you? Have you guys seen any stats about the like the volume of traders in 2020 versus now? Like it ha it it just cannot be as big. It can't be. Oh, I I yeah, I think a large majority are wiped out. I mean, if I look through my DMs alone and uh and I mean I, I mean I even know guys who have been trading a long time who who you know I mean I actually I was talking about this last night. Like no, I, when I say OG, I don't mean like Jason OG FinTwit, but I mean like my OG FinTwit. I was looking yeah. back at some of the people that I follow, and uh, I mean they're gone. Like they're like they're just gone. Um, and I mean, dude, there's only one thing I can assume, you know. And it's like and it's like when I started, and that's like wild for me. Back to work. Yeah. Nine to yeah. five. I have to keep like that is the thing that keeps me going. Is literally like, well, if I can go this long. And not like blow up my account. I guess we'll just you, keep going. I you don't know. know. Like it's, you got to take the tortoise and the hare approach. Like you got to realize what this opportunity was. Because look, there's still people that are still way up. You know, just way up. Um, you buy like good companies, uh, and you know, just don't buy anything on margin. Don't go like I don't buy anything on margin. Like period. Like never. You know, like zero, like I, I don't need to, um, like it, I've seen so many people just get like, uh, like what you're saying, like max out credit cards, like for me, like, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit of a not an anomaly because, you know, before I started trading, I would make a lot of money and then basically I would spend it like an idiot, like, an, you know like ball so hard living in South beach in my twenties. <laughs> um, and you know, now like I've got 
kids, I got a family. And, you know, after those ball so hard days and then the financial crisis, like I couldn't find a job. Um, I couldn't find a job for years. And I ended up like using all of my savings, like just to survive. And I remember going through a drive through at McDonald's and I like couldn't find the job. And I was like at that weird age where I was too qualified for entry and they wouldn't want, they didn't want to pay me what they should have. So I remember going through a drive through at McDonald's and being like, envy. I'm like, at least this guy has a fucking job, you know? And now, um, like, it, you know, and, and I have to credit my wife to like, to this because, you know, she is just super cheap, um, very, very smart. Um, but like for me, like I'm satisfied if I can go into a grocery store and buy whatever I want, <laughs> like now, like that's a thing. Right. And, you know, and I've had this conversation with, with Hugh uh, or Mitch, whatever. And, you know, I'm like, I'm not trying to make money for my kids. Like I'm trying to make money for my grandkids. Right. You know, like if, they're, if they're selling tickets off this planet, like I want to be able to, you know, to pay for them. Um, yeah. But also I'm still, I'm still young. I mean, look, I'm wearing Britney Spears shirt. I got Star Wars. You look great, baby. You look Thanks, great. Man. You're looking you know? guy. <laughs> like it's a long game, right? And uh, you want to play it as long as possible because the longer you play it, the more you see that this, like the game is rigged against retail traders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and to your point, I mean, I went through a little, you know, like a little, little spending phase, you know, uh, I mean, I, you? I, a I little bit you it, so dude. thrifty. I, I am, <laughs> I, I am thrifty. Like I'm wearing two pairs of pants right now. Cause we won't turn on the heat. Like I, like I am thrifty, but, uh, but like even right now, like I don't have a car. Um, I don't have a car, but like I was looking at a car I'm, I'm probably gonna buy a Honda Accord, but to Jason's point, like, like my parents, I took them like on first class and that was like the most exciting thing. Like I didn't, like we don't think about those things. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really interesting the dynamic that I find between traders who, uh, I don't, I don't want to call them not frugal, but they're, you know, trading to get Lambos versus the traders who are trading for generational wealth. And maybe that's like a, maybe that's like a gray line, but, uh, but I, I do think that a lot of like our trading personalities uh, has to do with like success, if that makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. That's just like what I found is that, um, mm -hmm. is that it's totally different when, when you're not trading for, you know, something crazy expensive. I don't know. I, and I, I like I said, I went through a spending phase. Like I still, I spend a hundred times more now than I spent in college. Like I mean, college wasn't that long ago, but I mean, like I had, I spent like 600 bucks a month in college. Like I, like I can't get away with, you know what I mean? Like 600 bucks a month. Like I ate clam chowder every day. Like I wouldn't let my roommates turn on, turn on the dollar for dollar canned soup. And I wouldn't let them turn on the heat. I mean, it was, it was 56 every morning inside my college house. And that was, and they, you know, everybody dealt with it cause I wasn't going to pay for heat. <laughs> you know, look, no. you're, how old are you now? 23. Wild. I feel so old. <laughs> Dude, um, at 23, 
Yeah, uh, you could, I mean, have fun. Like, you know what, though? Like, there's nothing wrong with buying a car, Um, you know, like. Oh, I'm going to buy a stupid car one day. Go go for it. But you know what? Like, I know we're in the midst of, like, coronavirus and everything, but, you know, just travel, take, you know, have, like, your 20s are really meant to have, like, uh, these epic adventures and be irresponsible i mean my entire 20s i spent in um i spent it in australia i spent them in fiji i spent them in moscow i spent them in italy uh south africa chasing girls like south america like smoking (laughs) weed at the top of machu picchu um and you meet a lot of people and you get this this different perspective you you kind of mature uh, I was very immature. I mean, I still kind of am, but, um, you know, yeah, like you want to squeeze as much juice out of life as possible. You don't get to do that if you're just super stressed and, you know, realizing that you've already like found the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, especially some of the people that might be watching this and ha- and have had good years, um, or a good year and a half, whatever it is. And then, yeah, maybe gave some of it back trying to fight it, like realize like, okay, this market's a little bit tougher. It's at this point where you start looking for the boring stuff and, you know, that isn't going to destroy you. Stop trying to hit home runs week after week and, you know, just try and get on base because, you know, at the end of the day, that's how you get to the Hall of Fame. I like that. I like that. I was, totally. I was just having a conversation that like, uh, I was like, actually tell my mom, I was like, yeah, mom, like, I don't know how long I can like, just have like my markets. I mean, my network just swinging in the balance of like, uh, of like market makers, uh, who, who just might want to wake up one day and say, uh, you know, fuck you. I mean, that, that's it. Right. You know? And like, <clears throat> there's nothing, look, there's nothing wrong with getting depreciating assets and like, Oh, look at my Lambo. Look at my, you know, but you know, I, I know a lot of, um, they're not even traders, you know, like to call them traders would be insulting to them. Investors, um, <laughs> you know, these are guys that their interest makes interest. And that's when you're, you're really making money. You know, like I, I know crazy. I know a lot of three comma people, right? And one, they're the, the humblest people in the world. Like super, because they, they, there's nothing to prove. And, you know, like, right. and we've had these conversations. I mean, sometimes they send me, you know, some of them are on Twitter. Okay. And they're like, look at this guy. They're like, really? Give me, you know, and, um, you know, the whole thing is like self-affirmation, like buying a Lambo does not make you a good trader. Right. You know, like being consistent, consistently profitable and not blowing up Um, and like, you know, and being in the game long enough. Right. That's what makes you a good investor. Right. Because, look, I started like you, Blaine. I started with, with like. Well, I started with some mid caps and stuff and I was holding and then I got into like penny stocks and I realized like this is stupid money. 
And then I moved that into like adult stocks. And then I started trading adult yeah. things. Um, and I've never had to put more money back into the market. And, you know, I've... Ooh, that's, I like that. I like that statement. Yeah, I mean, look, I always I've tell people, had to... like, I've been living off of 10 grand since 2013. I love that, you know, and, uh, and I have an Andy, I have an original Warhol hanging in my house. So I know as a, as an artist, you know, yeah, you know how jealous I have one in my office too, right here. It's it's literally on the floor. (laughs) So, you know, like that's how you do it. You know, like you have fun, you wake up, like it's the best job in the world. It's, you know, um, the old, my, you know, like, I say I don't have a boss, but really my boss is my wife. You know, she'll be like, "You have to pick up the kids." I'm like, "I'm, I'm, I'm trading Boeing." You know, <laughs> I'm like, "Babe, I'm the wolf." She's like, "Well, the fucking wolf has to go pick up the kids." I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, one of my friends in college, her dad is uh, basically the reason that we trade the way that we do is because of her father. Okay. And, um, he got in some trouble. They, he, he wrote, <laughs> he wrote a $1.2 billion check. Okay. He was able to keep like 800 million. And now it's worth. Oh, that poor now, man. I, know. I can't believe I used the basis for Gordon Gecko. And okay. <laughs> they wanted to take away the B after his name. Yeah, right? exactly. And, um, now, like, and then this is like years later, and then he's back to being a billionaire, like a multi, multi billionaire. Dude, the guy was still rocking like a 1990, like, uh, Mercedes, like, GL, like the boxy one. Like, oh, he's yeah. like, oh, I, lo- oh, I just yeah. love this car. I just love, I it, just love it. Right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I bet, like, uh, the first time I went to, I went to a birthday. My friend's like, oh, come to a birthday. I come to a party. I thought it was a birthday party. And I was like, okay. And I, I get there and it's billionaires row in, um, in Miami. And, and I was like, dude, is this this guy's birthday? I'm like, I should have brought something. He's like, no, we're celebrating. He's a billionaire again. And it's Michael Saylor's house. So I'm at Michael, so I'm at Michael Saylor's house. And no, like, you don't see, there's no fucking Lambos. There's not, there, there's like just a regular car, you know, and then you get there and then they give you yeah. a, uh, an iPad with like a menu. And I've gotten there a couple of times, like, dude, the, the most normal people, look, the ones that are like, look, I don't want to, I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking shit about anybody. Um, the ones that are bawling out now. Um, it's always going to be short-lived, right? Because, and I also think that you attract a lot of things that you don't want, right? You attract, like, you know, so I remember I posted um, a PL once on Twitter um, and it was during coronavirus and um, my wife saw it. And it was just like this one trade I made. And um, <clears throat> she's like, yeah. she's like, take it down. And I was like, what? I was like, what? 
and she gave me the, there's so many people that are hurting and you're, you know, and I was like, you're right. You know, but before that, and I, I hadn't done it in a while. So, and I, you know, I, I felt a little bit immature for doing it um, as an adult. Okay, kids, you can do it. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm 43 now, man. You know, I'm, I'm 38. You don't look 38. I'm a, I'm... I mean, well, she looks 23, you bastard. I, I see his metabolism working as as we speak. Um, <laughs> you think I look 23? Yeah. Just... I you're, you're like, you look like, like my little cousin. You know, like my buddy was like, is, that, is this like your little cousin you're bringing here? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We're bringing to the comedy funny. show. That's... Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked up. I'm, I'm, I'm a man. All right, I pay taxes. Pay taxes. Yeah. Six figures, son. I pay six figures, son. <laughs> I forgot all about figure. the six figure one, dude. Mitch, all this about cars. Buy your car. Like God knows you deserve it. Get the flashiest car you can find. Man, I was going to buy myself a car and then bought that a car. And I'm still paying that bitch off. (laughs) That was was awesome. I love that. I have my my parents' account linked to mine. And I I, I look at their balance and I just like, you know, transfer. And then my mom sends me a heart emoji. Thank you. It's great. (laughs) Well, I... I'm like, mom, it's a It's funny that you mentioned that. I have, uh, I have their their account linked as well, and uh, I went like I did. I had like a bad December, not like like nothing catastrophic at all, and uh, and she, I, she, I overhear my mom on the phone talking to my dad, and she she goes, "Thank God you didn't retire." I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you're up like four thousand percent inside the past like three years, like. <laughs> you lost like a little bit more than your initial investment like in nothing insane at all and i'm like this is how it's gonna be like the market just doesn't like go like just things aren't just supposed to like materialize just, just four thousand show them a, uh, a chart of the spy the last 50 years that'll make them feel, feel better yeah. <laughs> and that, that, but like that was the conversation i was like i can't believe i just heard that like i i can't believe like i just like this is like uh this this is the conversation I'm overhearing right now. Yeah. I actually have a rule for this too. If your friend tells you to buy a stock and they are not somebody that's actually smart or actually uh you know is in finance, is an analyst at Jeffries or a quant of some kind, do not buy the stock because they're hearing <laughs> secondhand or thirdhand Right. You know, and, and that's how yeah. you get destroyed. Right. Mitch, remember the guy, yeah. um, remember the couple that was at, when we went to that comedy show and the guy, like the girl was crying behind us and that guy was there and he yes. came out and it ended up being my friend's friend. So we, we, we yes. went yeah, to yeah. lunch the next day. And, um, we start talking and, uh, he starts talking about AMC and AMC is like 40 bucks <laughs> when this is going on. I'm like, dude, fucking sell it. I'm like, fucking sell it. He's like, dude, what? Nah, it's got gamma squeeze. He's like, oh, he's like, do you, he's like, do you know Matt Kors? I'm like, I literally like, he's on my, um, my platform. Um, 
like, you know, every other week, you know, talking about this. Yeah. I'm like, dude, just sell. You know, I want to, I want to message Dan and be like, dude, can you find out if your buddy sold? (laughs) He was telling me, his friend said like, oh, there's going to be a gamma squeeze. Like we're going like, dude, you fucking idiots bought, had this thing at $3. (laughs) It went to 70, like mission accomplished. I was like, dude, if you feel so strongly, I go buy some leaps, you know, buy like one or two contracts, like 70 bucks, like 2023, take the cash. Like you've already won. Yeah. Like, oh no, dude, we're I fighting had... the man. Dude, there's no institutions buying this shit. It's, it's nuts. Uh, last Friday, I was talking to a reporter and they were asking me about short squeezes because someone that they had talked to said that AMC was going to have the second squeeze. And she was like, Hey, listen, like, you know, how, how legit is this? And I was like, honestly, I don't know, like, you know, what the short percentage is and stuff like that. She was like, Oh, I think he said like 25%. I was like, (laughs) I was like, what? She's like reading me back his notes and stuff. And like, you know, he, they have like this big, like thinking that, you know, the second squeeze is coming because 25% short flow is like enough to make it squeeze on any kind of great crazy news and that the insiders had to sell. Like it, it's just, it, it's wild. I, I can't, I can't believe it. I, I can. Cause I know like, you know, I, I treat, I treat everybody. Like I always talk about people that trade pot stocks and like, or try and trade them and don't look at them as long. I'm like, I'm in the dumbest, I, you know, like I'm bullish on the mark, like the, like the highest growth sector with the dumbest retail investors, period, you know, like, <laughs> at, like across the board, the, the IQ of trading and the, the, the worst part is, um, a lot of the dumb things that they did, like we were talking about before they were rewarded for. So they have this. So now all of a sudden ever you, you've just got experts, Right. Um, You know, like they can't read a balance sheet. They can't, they don't understand. Like it's just not a good company. Like everybody's streaming. Like who the fuck wants to go to AMC? (laughs) It's not even that there's a pandemic. Like Like I don't like, I can get all this shit on my TV now. You know, in my I spot on my couch, like yeah. in my recliner, like, could, you know, like my coach. If I film, want to, yeah. I could watch Spider-Man and masturbate at the same time. Like, not that I'm going to do that, <laughs> but you can't do that at AMC, you know? Right, right. You can get arrested, actually. I mean, Pee Wee Herman did Listen, it. you like the popcorn at... You like the popcorn at AMC? You eat it. I mean, there's, there's literally no reason. No reason. You know, and it's like you go to an AMC, it smells like piss, you know, like, you know, (laughs) you got the high kids in the back, you know, that are like 15 that, uh, you know, their mom had to drop them off. So they need a place to go. But then they smoked in the bathroom, you know, one cool thing I will say about movie theaters is like I have rented the entire theater um, during COVID. Yeah, that's fine. You know, I mean, I just wish we was that fun. It was fun. Expensive? Uh, no, it wasn't bad. It's like 200 bucks here in Atlanta. I, I did it. We were in Naples. 
Um, we took like a little like uh, vacation on the west coast of Florida because of COVID. Um, and we rented uh, a theater and um, the kids were all like fucking running around. Like it was, it was great. You know, that, that's cool. Like, you know, I would do like a star Wars party, some, some nerd shit. Um, oh, well, you will. I think this is actually in the future. But, like, <laughs> We're manifesting this. You know, it's like, it's a dying business anyway. You have to be able to recognize that. And a lot of these people, they, you know, they don't recognize like, all right, these these things have not proven themselves, like especially these high growth names. You know, it's like Snowflake when it IPO'd, it IPO'd like a hundred percent above um, like the raise, you know, and then it just kept on running. Like, nobody fun understands day, like fun day. Uh, like floats being locked up, right? And there's always going to be people like, oh, low float, low float. I'm like, okay, like, okay, I've traded low floats. Like I've been in that. Like, you know, I've watched Tilray go from 17 bucks to 300 in like three weeks. Um, you know, the same thing with uh, Beyond Meat, which was the easiest short, to, I, you know, like when Beyond Meat was $230, I'm like, it's going to be under $100 on October 29th. It was like two months out. And we're like, what are you, fucking Nostradamus? No, that's the day the, sh the shares unlock. Okay. And all of a sudden there's going to be 90% or like 300% more shares. And then the thing gets crushed, right? Like you can trade around just unlocks. Like retail investors don't know this. I know this because I invest in these companies before they go public. And I'm the one fucking banging into you. But I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like, you want to know, like, I get a return if I do a private deal. My, like, a bad return is like 500%. The last one I did was 9,000%. Do I give a shit what happens at that point? Like, I'm basically like, like, I got into the, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking like, somebody's going to rat me out. Um, I'm dropping a dime on on institutional investors right now. Um, so I had this giant position in this startup. It ended up lights out, you know, big board, whatever. Um, I sold one or two percent of my position on the first day. It covered my entry cost. <laughs> <laughs> that's how much and, and so and then what I did because I'm a nice guy I told my broker I was like just sell 5,000 shares a day over this price I was like I don't care and I just went on a schedule and it's like you know like every day I'm like oh bad day I'm like eh, not really you know you just <laughs> but this is what this is what retail investors don't understand oh my god you know, like Jason, when I grow up, I want no, to be you me. don't want to be me. You don't want to be me. <laughs> I got a bad wheel. I got a bad hit. Oh, uh, look off and you just buy a All new right, one guys, with that position. This has been just delightful. I do have to go put my kids to sleep. They're banging on the door. I love you guys. This was this awesome. Was Thank you for being here. It was. This was just. It was so magical. I really got to be a fly on the wall. I feel like we're just hanging yeah. out. I, I love just these chilling. Yeah. This is yeah. pretty much how it is. Thank you so much for having us.
Thank you for your time. Uh, Thank you for coming. High five. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have a, we're on a keychain. I I still have one over here. I am, I sent her a picture. I'm on a keychain. I have the keychain, the picture. I mean, it's, it's a. I mean, you also got a really good story. Have you ever told that story anywhere? I haven't told that story anywhere. One day you should, you should tell that story. I was saving it for like a, for like an anniversary day. Like, uh, like when, you know, like, uh, like an, like three or five years down the road. I mean, that's a pretty you know? cool story to tell your friend. I feel bad. I should have been like, take, you know, take a picture with the kid. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to be like, take a picture with Jason's <laughs> cousin. I thank you for that because you have no idea how many times, like not just him, like other people, like I bring them like, you know, to be like Ricky Williams and they're like, yo, you, you know, Ricky Williams. I'm like, you want me to introduce you? And I'm like, don't ask for a fucking yeah. picture. Yeah, because then it's weird. weird. Yeah, then it's weird. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I get you, bro. We're cousins, you, you know? Did, you did. Yeah. Proud of you, Mitch. Thank Proud you. you. Thank you. I, uh, you know, kind of a badass. All right. Go put the um, kids to bed. Well, I'm. I want to um, hang out with you guys in real life, so I'm going to work on that in my mind, really making that happen. I want to be on the keychain. We'll have to get a new one. We'll just keep adding. We'll just keep it. Yeah, just keep adding. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much to our producer, Joel Edwards, and Chesley Lowe for the banjo music. Hey, guys. What do you have there from Last Bottle Wines? Last Bottle Wine sent us the proprietary blend from Napa Valley 2017. We got three Ooh. bottles. This is the one that I want to open first. Ooh, I love a 2017. You got a little vintage on it, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been aged. Most looking forward to this. I love a blend. And we're going to open it up and we're going to sample it. Again, this should be a bottle that I can't just go into the store and find. So, very excited. We've got this handy dandy opener here. It's called a cork pop. Ooh. Put it in. Open. Woo. Whoa. It's a part That was a cool sound. <laughs> little for me. A little from the wife. When you say hi to 2017 Justin. proprietary no. blend from last bottle. Cheers. Cheers. It's giving me flashbacks to the wedding. Ooh. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting dark fruit and earthy tones. Pretty full. It is. It's very, very good though. Nice but, mouthfeel. But lots of hmm, I'm I'm gonna go back for more. I'm gonna say this. It was worth breaking dry January. What else could you want? Agreed. So, looking up this bottle. Tell everybody the name. Yount Ridge. Yount Ridge. Yount Ridge. Y-O-U-N-T. Y-O-U-N-T. And it is, uh, let's see, on Vivino, it's a 4.7. I don't know the rating of it. I can tell you that uh, it was $128 retail per bottle. That is obviously not what we had to pay with last bottle. because What's the last bottle price? This, yeah, as we said, rich and intense and a score of 93. Again, I'm walking down the aisles of my local wine store. I'm not, I'm not picking this bottle out. It's too expensive. But on last bottle and it shows up to the house, amazing. Can't be that. No. Love Adding that. Adding to the collection. 
Also, you know, you guys who are Penny Lane Pod listeners can get 10% off one order for one time from now until March. So saving even more. I, I, I don't know how you wouldn't do that based on the types of wine that we're receiving. It's amazing. Yep. Guys, order the wine, use the code, support the pod. We all win. Oh, and impress your friends. Absolutely. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next time. Enjoy that wine. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane podcast. The Penny Lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.